Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. And welcome in to Purple Daily. We appreciate everyone who has helped uh, give this show a jolt in listenership and YouTube views the last couple weeks. And I'm sure part of it's the charm of the three of us, Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. But the other part of it is the Vikings are practicing all week long. And we are here giving you the need to know and our thoughts on it. And let's start with a couple different things here with Dalvin Cook off the bat, Judd Zolgad. According to multiple yes, reports, and I'm getting uh, part of this from Courtney Cronin, regular contributor to Purple Daily, the Vikings anticipated Dalvin Cook signing his contract last week, and then on Saturday after an in-person meeting with his agent, and then uh, they wanted an answer by Tuesday, no movement from Dalvin Cook's side, so the talks have reached a stalemate. So the Vikings have an offer on the table for Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. They had a deadline of, it was, I mean, a fake deadline, just sort of an arbitrary deadline of Tuesday. Dalvin Cook didn't accept the offer. There was no real counter back and forth. So as of right now, the Vikings have made an offer. It's still sitting on the table. Uh, Obviously, Dalvin Cook wants something more than the Vikings are offering. And so that's where they stand. What are your thoughts? I think that the Vikings are doing the exact right thing. And I think the prudent move at this point as uh, we prepare for pandemic-related football and the contracts that go with it would be to uh, tell the Cook camp that that offer is now gone and uh, you will talk after 2020 when, when you have a better idea of what the salary cap is going to be in 21. I think the usual way that the Vikings do business on second contracts or contracts with guys they drafted and they like is the smart thing. I think it's very smart to sign guys like the Stefan Diggs's of the world um, to second contracts before their original contract expires to reward them for what they've done and to set a to set a tone that your organization will take care of those who come in and thrive. And Dalvin Cook has thrived at different times and Dalvin Cook is very good. But the price of poker has changed, and and in every sense of the word right now, the Vikings control this situation. Um, if Cook disappears now and says, okay, contract's off, I'm gone, then he, he becomes a restricted instead of unrestricted free agent after 2020, and the Vikings can slap a cheap tender on him, and the Vikings win. The Vikings, if Cook gets done with 2020, and he's absolutely fantastic, and they can't come to a multi-year extension, Phil Mackey can say... 
we're going to franchise tag you, which is going to cost us, but it's going to be a one-year cost instead of a multi-year cost. And so I think until we know what the salary cap is going to be for 2020, and until we know, is Dalvin Cook going to play all 16 games this time? Is he going to play 14 again? Is he going to play 10? There's so many variables involved with Dalvin Cook's position, with Dalvin Cook's actual health, and with the financial structure because of the pandemic um, right now that I think the smartest play is to go against what you ordinarily do and wait this out and look. Cooks sounded very much last week on the video call that he did with us like a guy who was happy to be here. He made it very clear that the notion he was going to hold out, true or not, he said was not true. And he is scheduled to make 1.3 mil, which is, you know, a complete bargain basement deal for the Vikings uh, with Cook's contract. But all of those things being factored together, I think that you tell Dalvin, go out and have a great season. We are going to give you the football and throw the football to you all the time. Your touches are going to be absolutely through the roof. And we're going to hold you to a contract that, unfortunately for you, it's not anybody's fault. Page of 1.3 mil. Do you think he was happy on the conference call because they were close at the yes. time? Yeah, he, de- he, he sounded thought, like he a guy. going to happen. He sounded like a guy who thought it was going to happen. But the reality, Phil, for him, there's no recourse. He can't, if he leaves, he still is going to lose the accrued season, okay? So, and that's, that. that is the CBA, and by extension, the Players Association's fault, not the Vikings' fault. The, the Vikings should use this to their advantage because the circumstances, in my opinion, are so unique. All right, so here here's my takeaway with this. I just want to start with the Dalvin Cook side of it. I understand and I side with Dalvin Cook wanting to get paid. This could be his only chance to make life-changing money. I mean, he's already making life-changing money, and then he makes whatever, $1.8 million this season or whatever it is. So I, I understand that he makes more than the average 9-to-5 worker but his opportunity to make that much money might come to an end at any point. I mean, his injury history, boom, like his knee could go in the blink of an eye. Last year, he had the biggest workload in terms of carries and touches of any of his three seasons in the NFL. And so this could be his only window to make generational money for himself and for his family. And I understand him wanting to leverage this moment. So what he's doing, if he decides to sit out, if he thinks that's going to create leverage, even though like really the end game is you got to play the season to get the service time to get to next year, and then it's probably a franchise tag, and so you're just kind of going through the same song and dance. Players who want to maximize their health window in the NFL to make life-changing money, I will never rip those players. 99% of the time, I will not rip those players. However, However, the Vikings can't blink here. I just don't think it would be a good decision for the Vikings to, for the second time in 10 years, devote too much money to a running back. I think it's detrimental. When they signed Adrian Peterson to a contract that paid him like $7 million more than the next highest paid running back, whatever that last contract was, like Adrian Peterson made like $12 million a year eight years ago or something. Yeah, I mean, there's only like three running backs making that much money now. So the Vikings paid Adrian Peterson almost twice as much money as the next highest paid running back. And I think it was detrimental to their ability to build a roster. Yes, it was fun watching Peterson run for 2,000 yards. And like he's one of the greatest individual performers in franchise history. But when it comes to how you allocate your money within a salary cap structure, giving too much money to a running back can hurt your chances to build the roster. 
with the Vikings, you're already like, and again, people hate when we take shots at Cousins, but like, you're already overpaying a quarterback relative to his peers who make that much money. Kirk Cousins makes the same amount of money as Russell Wilson. Advantage Seahawks, right? Yeah, because because Russell Wilson's a better quarterback. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think like, Pat Mahomes kind of changed the game by making forty five, but you're already overpaying a quarterback relative to his peers and his value. You're also overpaying right now, anyways, for 2020, a couple of safeties because you're paying two safeties like twenty two million dollars. Yeah, Harris is definitely, and that's a franchise tag, so too much, but he's good. Yeah, yeah and you, so you could be out of that next year. So yep. I just overpaying a running back as well, and to still expect to have great offensive line and defensive line play or chances to land. If there's a top, fr- like here's where I'm at. I'd rather overpay the best offensive guard in free agency next offseason to fix the offensive line once and for all than overpay a running back. Yeah. So I understand Dalvin, but the Vikings can't blink here. That's where that's where I stand on it. And on Kirk, I, I think we all probably can agree that Kirk makes too much, but the value, the positional value is probably correct, right? If you do, if you take a running back and reward him right now when, I'll say it again, there's no need to. Like, the only reason to do this would, would be to be, for the Vikings to be a good sport. Um, it, but if you that if you then invest in that position, it's a mistake. And I would say this about any running back in the league right now. I don't think you do that. I think there's other, you, you have to go through, in this league currently, the positional values and at least if you are going to overpay said player, he has to play the right spot. Dalvin Cook does not. But I just think the pandemic changes everything. The yeah. salary cap might come way down. You can't afford to turn around in April and be like, well, we misjudged that. When you don't need to. There's no need to. This is the Vikings are making an incredibly smart play here. And it might come off as not fair. And it might come off as I'm, you know... A listener might be a big Dalvin Cook fan and might have the jersey, and I empathize with your position. But if you're a Vikings fan, the way that Spielman and Brzezinski and the Wilfs are going about this negotiation with Dalvin Cook is absolutely spot-on perfect. Yeah. Also worth noting, you can it, it benefits the Vikings to see if Dalvin Cook can be healthy in 2020. Yeah. And if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy for even 15 games in 2020, go sit out a game. If you want to sit out the game before the buy or something, one for him to sit out. Take a couple weeks off to to rest some nicks and bruises, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if he can prove that he play that he can play a full season, guess what? His value goes up anyways. And then the Vikings are more likely to say, "All right, let's let's a couple decently healthy seasons back to back. Missed a couple games, but yeah, we can we can we can live with that." And now we're. The Vikings would be more likely to lock into a longer-term relationship if Dalvin could put together back-to-back healthy thousand-yard, you know, fifty, sixty catch seasons. So I get that Dalvin doesn't want to hear that because if you're a running back and your leg could snap in half at any given, you know, in a, in a practice for God's sake, sure, you want to get paid now. You want that guaranteed money can now, I, and I totally get that. Can I run a thought past you though? Like this to me makes the most sense. And now the player by this point in time could decide not to show up, so that could throw a, a curveball into things. But with this position, with with the health of Cook himself and just the health of the position and how long a guy plays. Doesn't it make the most sense to take this contract to the end? And if you decide that you really want him for, I believe, at least one, if not two years, just franchise him? 
I mean, that's what's going to happen, right? But I mean, then you're that's out. almost certainly what's going to happen. But I mean, then then you use up the player, and but by, by the way, the, the franchise tag's not cheap, so he does get paid. But the point is, do you really have the need to make him altogether happy and reward him? Now, if this is a quarterback, this is a different story. But at this position, doesn't it make the most sense to say? We'll franchise you once. We might do it twice, which I which does get more expensive. And then I think the third time would, would be way too expensive. But doesn't that make the most sense with this position and the play on it? Would you rather, let's say Dalvin Cook and Anthony Harris were both very good in 2020 and were healthy and everything. Would you rather franchise tag Anthony Harris for a second time or franchise tag Dalvin Cook for a first time? Probably would rather franchise tag Dalvin Cook for a first time because it's still going to be cheaper, I think, than the safety tag. And the safety tag for Harris is going to go up because it's a second mm-hmm. franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So just off the top of my head, unless Harris has this incredible season and can't come to a multi-year contract agreement, um, I would say Dalvin Cook. I agree with that. All right, second item on the agenda today. Kirk Cousins, I'm summing up his his <laughs> chat with the media over a Zoom call yesterday. The headline that came out of that was Kirk Cousins says he wants to use his legs more as a scrambler in 2020 okay. and as a playmaker. Quote, I'm not Michael Vick, but I feel like I can make more plays with my legs. Good or bad idea for Kirk Cousins to use his legs more in 2020? Oh, boy. I think that's a terrible idea because I think that Kirk, I think Kirk gets the most from his legs that he possibly can. And I don't, but no, no, but I mean, if you, you roll make him, him sound out, like he's paralyzed or something, but if you, but if you roll him, but it, but I've seen him roll out and throw and it's not a disaster, but is he going to get if super it's scripted? If it's scripted, I think I don't love when he's like okay, being flush. If they, if they script more of the plays where he rolls out and throws, then I, I think it's fine. If he's talking about getting more creative in the freelancing with, with the uh, good old cousin's feet, I think that's a mistake. So it, it depends. Like, on, it depends on what you're. It depends on what he's trying to tell you. He wants to do. See, I feel like, and maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, and maybe some maybe some people in the YouTube comments can can prove me wrong on this. But when the Vikings script bootlegs, when they script like play action, good. bootleg, and he's got he he yeah. has it planned in his mind. He knows what's going to happen. He can visualize where the routes are. Yes, I think he's good. Yes, when he ha- when when you know when there's interior pressure and he no. has to run for his life. No, bad. It doesn't feel like <laughs> that's when, when he fumbles. Right. It's a little bit of so a different feel saying? than when like Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. But is are he doing. saying? But but if he's if he is saying that that he and Coops have talked uh, during the course of the last few months about scripting more plays for bootlegs and things, I think that's absolutely fine and it's probably smart. Well, if he's saying I might take off, no, don't no, look <laughs> look the cousins. It, this is forty time. It might it might have been lot. frustrating to watch last year, but the cousins stop drop and roll so you don't fumble. Plan is the best plan. Just 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 fetal, just go down. Fetal just position. Just go down. He he did that fetal last. Position. He did that last year, and it was the smartest thing he could possibly do. I would much rather see him stop drop and roll as if he's on fire than try and do something and have him drop the damn football because his arm gets hit or All his right. hand. What gets do you hit. think his forty time was? I got it here. Four eight. Just total guess. Judd? Um, it's probably right. 4-9. I ran a 4-9 at the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, you did? Couple, at, the, uh, at the Super Bowl experience in Minneapolis. Nice. Yeah, what I a ran boy. a 4-9. I ran nice, a 4-9. Dude. Yeah. Fast and Nick Foles. Kirk Cousins would have beat. So you guys were right around. It's a 4.84. Right. 4.84 for Cousins. Right. Hey, Kirk. But, not, too, not too bad. Bring it. But the straight line, the straight line speed is not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about the awareness of your surroundings. Like that's the football thing, right? When, when he brought up the name Michael, he goes, "I know Michael Vick." I'm trying to envision like 
Kirk Cousins, the, the the Michael Vick overtime game from the early 2000s where he split the Vikings defense. I'm trying to envision the I got Kirk Cousins version of that. Kirk is no Rich Gannon, <laughs> yeah. much less Michael Vick. Well, I, I would say if you're looking to use your legs to you know run for an extra first down once a game, if it's wide open and you can slide before anyone hits you, that's fine. If it's just... You know, if it's if there's 15 yards of field in front of you and there's no You're, danger, go do it. Yeah. Do I want Kirk Cousins out in the open field three extra times per game? That scares the daylights out of me. Yeah, it should. Kirk, it's a bad idea. Of all the things, if you were to make a list of all the things that you think the Vikings should look to do better in 2020, how many things would you have to put on that list before you get to Kirk Cousins should run more? Oh, about 17. Yeah. Maybe 25. A lot. I, I do think he gets uh, a bad rap for his legs because he can roll out. Like, there's definitely some mobility there when it's, like you guys said, it's when it's segued to him. So I do think he does move better for what what his size is and what his speed is. But that being said, I don't want him to be rolling around the pocket, and he's never shown the ability to move out of the pocket to extend the play. So probably, yes, you you'd like for him to improve on it. Yeah. But not something you should bet on him being the next Michael. I Day. always feel like when Russell Wilson gets flushed from the pocket because of pressure, I always feel like he's sort of like sadistically hoping that that happens so he sure. can keep a play alive. And I think, yeah, I think he likes when that happens. Yeah. When that happens to Kirk, it genuinely looks like he's running for his life. <laughs> it but looks, he is. It, it looks like there's a Sharknado chasing after him. But that's and, when the ball. The, but that's when the ball potentially drops down and it's right there for a defender to knock out of Kirk's hand. Kirk's ability to sense things around him is not great. I, I really think the stop, drop, and roll is the smartest thing he does. Peyton Manning was the master of that. If yeah. anyone got within five feet of him by the end of his career, it was just like straight up like in, into the bomb tunnel. Yeah. Just, yep. But that's the that's yeah. the smart play. And and the thing with Kirk, too, is let's not talk about Kirk doing things um, well now that Kirk has not d- done well. Kirk's at the age where Kirk is Kirk. Kirkers is, Kirkers is not going to add new elements to his game at the tender age. What, he turned 32 yesterday or 33, something like that? So, happy birthday, Kirk, but you are who you are. Your parents love you. Julie and the kids love you, but you ain't changing. You like that? You like that? That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.